This is what the church does. The church fulfills her calling and leads people to faith in Christ and baptizes them in the name of Jesus as believers. And that's what Paul and Silas were doing in Acts chapter 16, our text today. They were on mission. They were fulfilling the calling of the church by telling people who Jesus is. And as they're faithfully fulfilling their mission in a town called Philippi, and they're seeing people saved, and a church is birthed because of how many new people came to faith in Christ, uh, trouble hit Paul and Silas and the missionary team and the church. Uh, Paul and Silas were simply telling people the way of salvation. And they were arrested, and they were beaten, and they were thrown in prison. The pain hit like a hammer. The darkness fell around Paul and Silas uh, in the deep, dark recesses of a dungeon. And yet Paul and Silas in that dungeon moment were not overwhelmed by the darkness of their life circumstance. Rather, they were overwhelmed by the presence of God. Imagine the scene with me. Here they are uh, just doing what God had told them to do, doing what God had sent them to do. And they're beaten for it, and they're arrested for it, and they're thrown in a deep, dark dungeon. Uh, The darkness is overwhelming to Paul and Silas and all the prisoners there in that uh, prison uh, precinct. And they're stuck. And for most of us, that would sap hope from us. Uh, Sitting in the deep darkness, that would cause us to question what we're doing But Paul and Silas set their focus upon the song of the gospel, the gospel that had rescued them, the gospel that had taken them off of the path of destruction and distance from God and brought them into the family of God. The song of the gospel that Jesus died on a cross from them was raised from the dead to give them new life. And they placed their faith in Jesus and their life was forever changed. And so even sitting in the deep darkness of a dungeon cell, beaten and bloody, bruised beyond description. They were ready. They were ready to sing the song of the gospel. They began to praise the Lord. In Acts 16 verse 25, it says, but Paul and Silas at midnight were praying and praising God, and all the other prisoners heard them. And not, 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 soulfully uh, despairing about their situation, they praised the Lord. I, I know that for many in the room today, you're in that midnight moment. All of us have been in that midnight moment. Some of us are just coming out of that midnight moment, and some of us are getting ready to go into that midnight moment. Instead of being overwhelmed by life circumstance and the darkness that can swallow hope, set your gaze upon the God who has loved you enough to rescue you from the emptiness and deadness of soul that your sin had created. Set your focus upon the living God today. Now, while we acknowledge the pain and while we acknowledge even the darkness, we 
acknowledge the God who is the giver of life in the face of the darkness. Today, regardless of the path you're walking, I want to encourage you. God wants you to focus on Him, to set your gaze upon God, just as Paul and Silas did. Set your gaze upon God and sing the song of the gospel. Sing praise to God, the God who rescues, the God who secures, the God who is faithful. If you have felt the dark of night Questioning what is out of sight He is the answer He is the light If you have felt the weight of sin Bound by the shame that's hemmed you in He'll break the chains He will forgive Lift your head Morning is coming There's more to the story Don't forget In grief and in glory Still great is His
The song of the gospel is the song that we sing as a church. It's the song that we sing because it's the theme of who we are. We're family, yes, but we're family purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. The only reason we're part of God's family is because God in His great grace looked upon you and me as sinner, separated from God by our sin, dead in our trespasses, and God sent Jesus to our rescue. Jesus, who is God, became flesh and bone and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And yet this perfect one, Son of God, yet Son of Man, went to die for sin and for sinners like you and me. He died in our place and for our sin upon a cross. And He did that so that He might build a bridge between you a sinner separated from God and God himself. Jesus died for your sin. He took your place upon a cross, and he was raised again three days later so that you and I, through faith in Christ, might have new life. And when we repented our sin and placed our trust in Jesus, Jesus took us by the heart and by the hand and led us into the family of God so that today you and I are not strangers from the promises of God, but we are sons and daughters of the living God. And nothing that hell can throw our way shall ever separate us from God's great, abiding, rescuing, securing, faithful love. This is the song of the gospel that our church sings. This is the song of the gospel that we sing for it's in that wondrous truth that you and I are not strangers from God, but now we're sons and daughters, that we live secure, even in the deepest darkness of life, even in the dungeon midnight moments of life, we are secure because we are securely in the grip of God's grace. That's the lesson we learned from Paul and Silas today. In Acts chapter 16, we hear the song of the gospel ringing in our heart, ringing through our church. And the song of the gospel is our praise to God, and our praise is a witness to others. Our praise is a witness to others. Do you realize that all of us go through hard times? Don't, 
Don't you know that? If you're young and you don't know that yet, please understand. All of us go through hard times. Tomorrow, my wife and I celebrate 30 years of marriage. And on my side of things, it's been delightful. But it's been hard on my wife. I'm not joking about this. Being married to a man like me is hard. It is. Being married to the pastor of a church is hard. It is. But even through the most difficult twists and turns of our married life, good gracious, my wife and I still sing. We sing a song of joy and celebration and love. It's not because we haven't had dark moments. We've had them. It's not because we think we're midnight moment free. No, we believe there'll be more midnight moments in the years ahead, decades ahead, not tomorrow, decades. We believe that there are going to be those midnight moments, but here's what we know. God in his grace has secured us in his arms of love and he has wrapped us up and we belong to him and we belong to each other and we can sing even in dark times. And singing in the dark times is a witness to people who are stuck in dark times. Paul and Silas were singing. Did you see verse 25, Acts 16, 25? And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and praising God, and the other prisoners heard them. I don't know how you're tempted to sing when life stinks. I I don't know what song you're tempted to sing. Maybe it is the hee-haw song, doomed despair and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Doomed despair and agony on me. Maybe you're tempted to sing that song. I know I have been at times. But friends, people know that I'm a follower of Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus, they want to know how I'm going to handle the deep, dark moments. As a follower of Jesus, they're going to see whether or not the God I profess to love is the God who secures me in the midnight moments, in the deep, dark dungeons of life. They want to know if God is real. And the way they see if God is real is how I portray him, especially in the bad times. We've been through some bad times over the last several months as as a church and as, as a community and as a culture. We've been through some tough times, but you're a follower of Jesus. You're part of the family of God. And, and the question is, what do your friends and neighbors and co-workers think about God that they do not know by how you have lived through the dark moments? What do they know about God? Do they know anything good at all? How have you 
portrayed God. You see, when we sing the song of the gospel every day in dark times, in daylight times, in the midnight moments or in the sunny summer breeze, we know that whether it's good or bad, we are still walking in the hands of the good shepherd. And we're singing as we're walking in hand in hand with the good shepherd. And we believe that he is our good shepherd and he leads us even through the darkest valleys of the shadow of death so that we don't have to be afraid any longer because we know that we're under his protection. His rod and his staff give us comfort. And we know that he has prepared a feast of satisfaction before us. Even when our enemies are knocking at the door, is that the God you've been singing about? Or have you portrayed God as a weak, little, impotent thing that can't handle the culture in which we live? People are watching. See, the prisoners there in the prison cell, they had heard about how Paul and Silas were preaching the way of salvation. They had heard about how they had gotten thrown in jail because they were talking about God, this God that they didn't know. And so when the sound of their praise began to lift through the dark dungeon and beyond the clanking of the, of the, uh, uh, of the chains around their wrists and waists and feet, when, when they began to sing praise to the God who secured them in his hand, the prisoners heard and they said, wow. When... When your neighbors and friends hear you go through your dark valleys and hear me go through my dark valleys, do they look at God and say, wow? Our praise is a witness to others. What kind of witness for God have have we been? What kind of witness for God will we be? Our praise is a witness to others. Our praise, this song of the gospel, is our praise, and our praise gives us courage to trust God. Look, I know, my goodness gracious, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It's hard for you. It's hard for me. The saying, you got problems, I got problems. All God's children got problems. I know it. It's hard. You're either walking into a tunnel or you're walking through a tunnel or you're walking out of a tunnel. That's the way life is. But what separates those who are part of God's family from those who are not is that we have the very presence of God walking with us and the darkness may descend upon us but we are secure in his grip and when we sing the song of the gospel when we sing the song of sons and daughters of the king when we sing our praise to him he begins to encourage us and strengthen us and embolden us to live our lives faithfully not for our credit but for his glory to give us confidence in the deep darkness and the dungeon living that we will encounter. And pick up in verse 26, chapter 16, verse 26, it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Listen, you wanna know what will secure you, what will strengthen you, what will help you What will give you courage in the face of dungeon living? Prayer and praise. Prayer and praise 
gives courage and confidence for the frightened, weary soul. And we're all going to face those frightening times. And we're all going to face those hard days. But as followers of Jesus, we walk hand in hand with the King of creation, the Lord of glory. And he does, yes, he does know your name. So talk to him. Let him talk to you and find strength and joy even when you're surrounded by the darkness of the dungeon and the stench of your circumstances. Oh my goodness gracious, what in the world has happened to us as followers of Jesus that we would forget that God is bigger than every boogeyman we may face? So let's walk with him. Let's praise him and find courage. Find courage to trust him. The the liberty, the rescue that God delivers to Paul and Silas happened through an earthquake. Earthquakes were common in Philippi in that region. But the timing was pretty significant, don't you think? I mean, earthquakes may be common, but the timing, man, God's timing is always perfect. I'm sure that Paul and Silas would have preferred the earthquake to happen before they got beat up. I'm sure they would have preferred for, for, for the earthquake to have happened before they were put in the deep inner, cir- inner recesses of that dungeon. I'm sure they would have preferred it. But, but that's not what God planned. Guys, we, we, need to, we need to not confuse what we prefer with what we deserve. And we all get into this habit. I'd prefer things to be this way, therefore I deserve things to be this way. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I prefer not to go through pain, therefore I deserve not to go through pain. I prefer not to be in a dungeon, therefore I deserve not to be in a dungeon. But guys, we don't determine what we deserve. What we deserve is exactly what God gives. He gives us what we deserve. You might say, well, that means that that sometimes bad things happen to me and I deserve that. No, what you deserve is the grace that God provides in the face of those difficult days. You got problems, I got problems, all God's children got problems. But as we walk through those problems, praising God, we find strength and security even in the darkest of the dark moments. Our praise gives us courage. You might say, well, you know, I must be praising and praying the wrong thing. I'm not finding any courage. Well, maybe instead of picking up your favorite tune on iTunes, why don't you pick up the Bible? Instead, look, you want courage for the face of your life circumstance, turn off Fox News and pick up God's Word. One holds the promises of God, the other doesn't. Do you hear what I'm saying? You live in fear because you're soaking your soul in the wrong song. You live discouraged because we're soaking our soul in the wrong song. We believe that the Bible is the absolute truth of God. It is the lens through which we see everything about our world, past, present, and future. You want to know what's going to happen? Pick up the Bible and soak in that song of God's rescuing love. This is the song we need to be singing. And it's what gives us courage. 
Our praise is a witness to the others. And, and our praise gives us courage to trust God. Paul and Silas, the prison bars shook wide open and, and, and their chains fell off. And, and, and my goodness, they were free. But they weren't free to run off into the outskirts of town and escape trouble. You know what they were free to do? They were free to do exactly what God had called them to do and exactly what God calls us to do. Not to escape further jail time. They were free to tell somebody else about Jesus. Do you want to know what, what we must do? We got to tell others who Jesus is. We just got to tell them. Everywhere we go, we need to tell others who Jesus is. I see, don't you believe? I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got to believe this because there's no way you become a follower of Jesus without believing this. But don't you believe that Jesus is truly the answer to the problems and the difficulties and the dilemma of your deepest recesses of your soul? Don't you believe that Jesus is the answer for the problems and the difficulties and the dungeon living that people around you are, are, are living? Look, I believe Jesus is the answer. You do too, or you wouldn't be a follower of Jesus. You wouldn't be part of the family of God. So why don't we talk about Jesus like he really is the answer? Paul and Silas could have run, <laughs> but they didn't. See, the point of this story is really not that they were singing while they were in prison. The point of this story is they didn't run and hide after God released them from their chains. Pick up the story, verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing that the prison doors were open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, don't, don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're still here. We haven't gone anywhere. Then the uh, jailer called for a light. He ran in and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said, verse 30, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And the Philippian jailer and his household came to faith in Jesus Christ. They were rescued by God's grace. Now, here's the thing. So many of us live each day in the darkness longing to escape. I get that. I don't want to be in the darkness. Who wants to be in the dungeon? And by the way, if you long to be in a dungeon, that is a, that is a psychological and a medical problem. If that's where you want to be, uh, there's a problem there. None of us want to be in the dungeon, but if God by his grace and for his glory leads us to the dark night the midnight moment of dungeon living, understand that he longs for us to leverage our living through the dungeon moments to tell others who Jesus is. See, the people around you, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people that, that you encounter in your neighborhood and your community and uh, around the block and around the corner, they want to know how to live in this messed up world. They want to they know how to live satisfied in this messed up world. They're looking for that answer. They're looking at all kinds of different places. The way you and I live through the messed up world gives us an opportunity to tell others how Jesus has changed our life. 
See, Paul and Silas were preaching a good game, but now through the prison cell, they were also living a good game. Their walk matched their talk, and their talk matched their walk. As followers of Jesus, as this family called First Norfolk, our walk must match our talk. We might preach a good game, but are we living a good game? People want to know the Jesus you serve when the Jesus you serve gives you strength in the messed up world in which we live. So now's the time for us to live up. I mean, live up to this wondrous, powerful, soul-satisfying, life-shaping relationship that we have with God. It's time for us to live up and live out loud, even in dark times, how that God has secured us and how God is satisfying us, even in dungeon moments. It's time for us to sing the song of the gospel and share that song with others that we encounter. Like Paul and Silas shared it with the Philippian jailer, we need to share it with our neighbors and our friends and our family members. With people in our community and people in our school, we need to share the wondrous truth. People who are lost and without hope need to know how to be saved. By the way, when you and I live our life representing God as the one who gives us hope and courage, eventually your friends and your neighbors and your co-workers are going to come to you and they're going to say, I want what you've got. Can you tell me how to get it? Boom. That's the moment you get to say, let me introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will change your life like he's changed mine. Let's tell others about Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me, please? This morning as we have gathered here, I I recognize that there are perhaps some in the room today who you may be a religious person. I'm not talking about being religious. Dogs religiously go to their dog food bowl. You may be a moral person, and that's nice. It's good. I'm glad you're moral. But neither religion nor morality brings us into a relationship with God. You might be a church-going person, neat. But again, just like me living in a doghouse doesn't make me a dog, so you being in a church house doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. Today, you need a relationship with God. And nothing can substitute that relationship with God. There's nothing that can satisfy you in the place of that relationship with God. And the reason you don't have it is because your sin has separated you from God. Your sin has created a chasm between you and God that your religion and your morality and your church going and your whatever else can't bridge that distance. So God sent Jesus to die for your sin upon a cross in your place to pay the penalty that your sin demanded and deserved, to be raised from the dead, to give you a chance at forgiveness and a new life. But what you must do is the same thing that the Philippian jailer had to do. I have to put my faith in Jesus and Jesus alone to be the Lord of my life, the rescuer of my soul. And today, if you're here and you long to meet Jesus like that, I beg you, please meet Jesus. Come to Christ by faith. Put your faith in Jesus. Turn from your sin and trust in Him. Trust in Him as your only hope for life. If that's the desire of your heart, then I invite you. If you're online, I invite you to text 
Jesus to the number on the screen, or you can email pastor at firstnorfolk.org. If you're in this room, when we stand to sing in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to go immediately while we're singing. Go out the doors into the grand lobby, and in the grand lobby, there is a table uh, right in front of a Live the Mission Center. There is a young man named Seth Schwab who's sitting there. Uh, there's a not young man, an older man named Jamie, who's also sitting there. You can go out there and you can say, I need to meet Jesus. I need, I need the Jesus that Eric was talking about. I need the Jesus that changes my life. I don't need religion. I, I, don't, I don't need more morality. I don't need some church going business. I need my life changed. And I believe that this Jesus can help me do it. If that's who you are, when we start to sing, I invite you to get up, whether you're in the balcony or lower floor, get up, go out those doors and go meet Seth. Let him talk to you. Father, right now, I pray that you would help this family of faith, those who belong to you. Help us sing this song of the gospel. Sing our praise to you as we focus, as we lean in to this one truth, that if it weren't for the shed blood of Jesus Christ, if it weren't for his death on the cross as payment for my sin, I would not be part of your family. So as we sing Lord, this song of the gospel, may we celebrate the sacrifice of Christ that brings us into your family and secures us into your, in your grip and makes us your sons and daughters. Now be glorified as you lead us to yourself in worship. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray.